Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. I'm Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source, your host with the effervescent co-hostess Laurel Bronze. This podcast is powered by The Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. Listeners tune in to find out how our community is adapting to living in our new normal. This week, we are chatting with Jeshua Marshall. He was the basis and co-founder of the internationally known punk band Larry and His Flask, which toured with the Dropkick Murphys and played the main stage of the Warp Tour. Jeshua was born in Baker City, Oregon and moved to Redmond in 1996 for middle and high school. He worked as a campaign manager for Greg Delgado, who ran for state Senate in 2016. Over the last few years, he has become more visible in the local scene as a solo artist and with his two bands, Guardian of the Underdog and Hot Club of Bend. Last year, in the middle of the pandemic, he released his first solo album, Go-Go, with the help of his friend and drummer, Todd Rosenberg, of the ska band Mad Caddies. We wanted to catch up with Jeshua because artists have been impacted by the pandemic probably more than most classes of our community, and um, I'd like to get his thoughts. So, Jeshua, thanks for spending some time with us. Hey, thanks for having me. You're not on his resume, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Is Jeshua's also the king of the Winterfest 2018? <laughs> yes, so indeed. It's not in the bio, but I couldn't leave that out. So. <laughs> yeah, my crown's uh, right up. I keep my crown over there. <laughs> right, Jeshua, you're you're known as a music legend here in Bend. People tell stories of you and your brother Jamin forming bands and playing together in high school in Redmond. What inspired you creatively back then, and how do you how do you keep it going? Well, uh, you know, part of back back then when we started, you know, we were we were just in high school and wanted to find a way to express ourselves. We grew up in a pretty conservative, uh, like Christian and religious household. So, of course, as soon as we found bands like Bad Religion and Rancid and No Effects, yeah. we just just really clung to the message that was coming from those CDs and tapes and, and uh, wanted to express ourselves and kind of rebel in a way. Yeah. So and I guess I, still to some extent, still rebelling a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> what is it like now? I mean, you've kind of moved into this new chapter in your life where you're really, you know, the captain of your own ships with your own bands, you know, you put out all these solo singles. Um, so that's kind of contrasted with your time as like such a unit with Larry and his craft. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of, just kind of like widen the spectrum and loosen the boundaries, I suppose, you know, Larry and his flask, we kind of, kind of became a very tight unit and and it kind of lost some of the the ability to just do whatever I want so so uh being being kind of complete control gives me you know it, it's more challenges but it's also more more uh more rewards in some sense because I I can just you know put out whatever I'm feeling whatever's on my heart whatever's on on my mind and and just not necessarily have to talk about it. I just do it, which can be, <laughs> you know, can be whatever it is, I suppose. Joshua, without the um without the crowds and 
the live music scene that has got to be your uh, lifeblood. What's it been like during this time as a musical artist to just kind of look inward and try to create that art in the, within your four walls? Yeah, definitely a challenge. Um, the first, you know, when it, like in March of last year, when it for everything really just closed down abruptly, it was a definite shock, obviously for everyone, sure. um, but especially from folks that, you know, rely on people gathering together to not not only um, you know bring in income and pay their bills, but also satisfy their creative quest and urge. You know, like like somebody like me. Um, and at first I was kind of stoked in a way because I thought I would I would be super creative and I would write a bunch of songs and I kind of I got in a groove for a second and then and then I I just got real depressed for a couple weeks and was <laughs> was bummed and and uh not not really creating too much but when things started opening back up again um I was able to with with some some folks, Charlie Utter being one, and a, and a few other. We created a uh, music collective called the High Desert Music Collective, and we were able to put on. Um, I think now we're we're at like sixty plus concerts. Some of them strictly live streams, some of them not live streams. But we were able to do do live music all summer at Silver Moon, and I I played uh, quite a bit, not as much as usual, and mostly solo gigs. Um, but I was able to to stay pretty active after, I guess, in from kind of June and July on until the last most recent shutdown. But yeah, do you do you consider <clears throat> because Oregon Oregon's starting to become somewhat of an outlier with how restricted and closed we are? Do you and your bandmates or creatives around you think about going to other states where you can you can get in front of larger crowds and get more juice? Um, I can't speak for anybody else. Um, but personally, I, I don't really feel comfortable about that. I feel, yeah. I definitely, you know, believe in the science of this and, and the, what the experts are saying. I, I certainly don't want to contribute in an, in a negative fashion. I don't yeah. want to, I, I feel fine about, about playing, you know, playing at, outside at silver moon where there's there's 40 or so people maybe max all separated outside even in the winter i feel okay about that um but if but if we we're talking bringing 100 or more people together no matter where it was i don't i wouldn't really wouldn't really rest yeah. on my conscience until you know until until the the um scientists and doctors and like authorities on these matters express that it's we're at a point where that's safe again. Yeah, great. Tell us about the process of releasing GoGo. You, you did something pretty creative, I feel like, and sort of maybe to compensate from for the restraints of the pandemic, you released it like, you know, one song at a time, I believe. Yeah, tell us about yeah. the album and the sound and. Yeah, so right, kind of before. I guess in December of 2019, um, I started talking to Todd Rosenberg, who's who's the producer for Go Go and those songs, and and we're currently uh, constantly working on music together. He's also the drummer of the uh, the ska reggae punk band Mad Caddies, um, 
and he lives here in Ben. He has a, created a studio, um, kind of just as he was finishing it, we started talking about recording a full length and, and, and we just had some conversations and him being, you know, a, a veteran kind of OG in the, in the music industry and in the realm that I'm in as well, punk, punk and alternative kind of zone. Um, He's, he actually was the one that suggested to to release kind of one one single at a time just to it, it's a very interesting era you, you know as, as you guys are are aware uh, I'm sure um, the music industries even before the shut everything shutting down and whatnot it's you know CDs are kind of on their way out it seems um, you know vinyl vinyl will kind of always be there I think it seems it seems like it's proving proving that but but now there's this whole other realm of 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 spotify kind of being the main the main player like make or break for the for artists so so in order to kind of keep kind of play the game of the algorithms that this that the spotify monster rotates <laughs> through is is to release a song every six weeks and get you know get it on playlists and playlists are kind of right. the new the, the new radio play, you know, which is, which radio play is, is tough for anybody that's not on a major because the major labels are, you know, pay for those spots and whatnot and have that, have, right. have those, that ability to, to stay on that rotation. But Spotify is kind of, it's, it's kind of the wild, wild west in a way. So, so just, we're just trying to um, navigate it. And he suggested that, that to, to do one single at a time and just keep people interested and keep, keep kind of the buzz building and and uh yeah it seems seems to be working so far and that way you you also don't have to have the the upfront cost of of recording a full album and especially if you're doing it independently you don't have to you know have a bunch of money set aside just to to get record 10 plus songs and then press it onto cds or vinyl which is you know that can stack up real real fast so do you think that um, <clears throat> I hadn't thought about this till you started talking, but you know, as we can see with the pandemic that people are being driven away from mom and pop retail more towards Amazon and it's this trend where locals getting really hammered by this thing. Are you seeing, I mean, the, the move in your industry was already towards digital downloads, Spotify, Apple Music. And you kind of just touched on it, but is it going to get harder for local musicians? Or do you think that is, is Spotify opening opportunities? What's your perception of the landscape? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it just depends on the, the knowledge that local musicians have access to. Um, because I think Spotify, Spotify can be very beneficial in a way, as long as you um, are are constantly promoting it, you know, yeah. and promoting your channel, your 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 uh, your profile or whatever, and and really driving people there. But but that's hard. And I don't know. I don't know if it's the, you know, I don't think it's the end all be all. I think that's part of it where it gets very difficult as an independent musician is like, where do you want to put the most energy and which you know some people like I have a good friend of mine uh 
Billy Mickelson. He's a cellist. His his uh, stage name is Third Seven. Um, and he, you know, he's he's not on Spotify. He's not on any of that. He's just still just all about. He's a very DIY kind of like anarcho sure. ethos centered dude. So he's. I don't know if he'll ever get on there, and I don't. I don't think it necessarily needs to be for everyone. I I just where where I'm at, I I feel that that's the way to go. But I also, I I think there's so many different things, and there just it really depends what your what your focus is and where you where you want to head. I don't I don't know if I answered your that yeah, you did. I mean, I think <laughs> you're you're giving me the sense that there's just this space where local musicians are gonna really go for it and push themselves up into more of a commercial and digital realm with Spotify, or they're going to be more like your friend who just kind of like, like, he, I think you said, do it yourself on the local scene, be comfortable yeah. with that, be comfortable with playing for um, the folks in your, in your neighborhood. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's kind of exactly it. If you, you know, if you want a tour and you Obviously, there's no touring going right now, but if in in the future, I'm sure things will open back up eventually, and and they'll be touring, and that's that's kind of what ensures that you get gigs these days, like which is kind of weird. And but but when like I'm also uh, I also book a lot of music in town, and when when an out of town artist, you know, hits me up and is like, I want to I want to play, you know, we want to play your venue, whatever. I'm going to put their name in the Spotify and look at like how many followers and sure. listeners. And, and that may not be the best way because that doesn't necessarily mean that they have listeners in Bend, Oregon or whatever, but it's just kind of a, a, a good calling card, you know, right. to, to, to sure. look at, to, to realize like how established an artist is, I suppose. Right. So, so switch, switching gears a little bit. Um, you have a reputation as kind of a social justice warrior and you get involved in like Black Lives Matter protests and other groups for civil rights. So can you tell us a little bit about your political activism and how you got charged up about it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I would call myself like a social justice warrior, but I mean, it's it's interesting, especially in this era with the polarization thanks to social media and Facebook and all the, that stuff. Um, but I, I just consider myself a human being that, that knows how I want to be treated. And, and I don't want to see anybody else treated in a way that I wouldn't want to be treated. And I can't, I can't feel good about myself at the end of the day if I'm not actively doing whatever I can, what whatever is in my power to to speak up and make a difference, whether it's minute or or large, you know. Um, yeah, I don't. I I mean, it's political. It's called political, but I think it's just about being a human being. I know. I know a lot of musicians say, "Oh, I don't want to be political. We can't get in that in that realm," but it's but at the end of the day, it's, it's just a matter of how other people are, are, tr are treating you and treating your family and your friends. And I, I can't just sit idle by and allow people I love to be treated worse than I would be treated just based on something as, 
as out of our control as what skin color we're born into or or what what a uh, class level we're born into um i think i think maybe the difference joshua is that you know a lot of people can share those same thoughts but you move into the warrior category when you're actually putting boots on the streets and showing up for these kind of things and um you know i would tell our reporters when we were covering um these things this summer to you know be aware that it's it can it's dangerous it's dangerous work in our case and it's dangerous for protesters those things can go sideways you see them all the time and um yeah. i think that's a big difference between you know someone who cares and and there's a lot of those to people like yourself who put yourself physically out there into that space yeah i mean it's i think it's also dictated by you know by where you're at in your life like you know if i had kids or or if i had health conditions or i don't know i can't i can't say for sure but i'm not i'm not judging anybody that that is doesn't feel comfortable with going into those positions because yeah i've i've seen people i've seen kids get shot i've seen girl like i've seen girls get their eyes blown out i i've been tear gassed and all that stuff um but but I, I'm in good health, I'm young, and I'm not, I feel like I am able to be in those places now, like I won't probably in, you know, 15 or 20 years or whatnot, who knows. Um, but I feel if I, if I'm able and I, a lot of times I just can't not go, you know, I'm like, something will be happening and I'll be just sitting at home like, what do I have to be there? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think that if, if your inner voice is telling you to like, go there and be there and be present then then you like from my case i just have to listen to that and go do that and be as safe as possible don't don't you feel though that there's a little bit um i mean you're being very nice but in some cases <laughs> people who are not getting out there and you you brushed on it briefly and spending their time on social media and making a lot of bold statements and calling other people out but they're actually not, um, you know, and in, in some cases, maybe true, maybe they do have children or health conditions that we can about, but in, but in most cases for a lot of people in younger generations, you, you've got to put your, your shoe leather out there, as they used to say, you got to, you got to show up and um, you've got to see that from the stuff that you've been putting out or do you? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if you just look at history with the with the civil rights movement and and all the folks like MLK and everybody else that was organizing, stuff only got like changed because there was mass numbers of people out there in the streets and and yeah, it absolutely does take that and you know people get hurt and people unfortunately get killed sometimes um, to advance rights for other people and and yeah it would it would be awesome if every if all my friends were like willing to do that but I, I i don't know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate hate on anybody but yeah i i think for me it's just pra practice what you preach and if i'm gonna say something i need to also be doing it um i think it goes the same for everybody but i've also not not i'm not anybody's police so right. i just gotta do <laughs> do what's right for myself uh, that's tremendous, Joshua. It is really. Thank you. So, tell us about your trip to Palestine. I know that had some um, 
some civil rights going on there and it was a couple years ago, right? Yeah, that was, uh, was 2017. Yeah. I believe. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, extremely eye-opening um, experience and, and uh, just incredible that the Palestinian people are the, some of the strongest, most resilient folks I've ever met and was really blessed and, and, and lucky to get to spend a bit of time, a couple months, just um, playing music. I, I kind of joined a band. I joined this house band and just played bass every Saturday night and for, for, a couple, for about, about two months uh, at this little venue in Bethlehem. Um, did some different recordings and stuff, but, but yeah, basically I went over there to work on this uh, project called Seven Hills about this skate park in Amman, Jordan that uh, Jesse Locke, local filmmaker um, through uh, Rise Up International was a uh, Putting this, putting this documentary together and I got invited to go. So I helped film a little bit. And then I kind of, I kind of ended up in, in Bethlehem, just hanging out and getting to know folks and kind of exploring and learning, learning about that area and the, and the, the conflict and whatnot. Hmm. So Jeshua, I don't think people, uh, some people might be aware, but um, you know, Larry and his flask won <clears throat> best local band several years in a row from our publication. And it was such a beloved band. And, and Laurel and I were having a little debate beforehand. Which band member cried when you guys broke up of the four? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it had to be an emotional moment. I mean, and I think everybody in the community was kind of like, what, what's going to happen now? So. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I think we all probably cry from time to time. <laughs> But, but, uh, but yeah, it's honestly, it's not completely over. We're, we're working on new music right now. Um, and, uh, getting, getting some things kind of go, going in, in the, on yeah. the side. So you might be surprised to see something pop out. In well, the I know. Yeah. I know listeners and readers would be very happy to see you guys back. I mean, as someone who booked, booked you guys at some of our festivals and stages throughout time, you guys are always a lock. You always have, an incredible following turnout and uh i'm sure there's a lot of people pinning their hopes on you guys being creative again yeah thank you thank you yeah, you bet um hey before we let you go um maybe share with our listeners what uh where they can find your music and and where they can see you play live or virtually uh coming up awesome yeah i mean like we said before you can find me on spotify uh just search joshua marshall also uh the website, website joshuamarshall.com. I'm on Instagram at Joshua Marshall, Facebook, Joshua Marshall Music, I think. Um, and uh, I'll be playing again, I believe, uh, on Valentine's Day at uh, Bunkin' Brew. Um, and, and yeah, I'm also on all, I'm on Apple Music and everywhere else. And uh, I'm just, I'm currently uh, finishing up a full length album um, that I'll be releasing in the summer. So you can keep an ear out for that. I'll probably be releasing another single from it in the next um, couple months. Great. Joshua, thank you for spending the time and uh, stay safe out there. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Have and I don't. Thanks. All right.